Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Today on the State of Ukraine, anarchists supporting government institutions in a time of war. I'm Greg Dixon. War can cause strange alliances, and in Ukraine, you can find anarchists voicing support for the Ukrainian government, NATO, and even fighting on the front lines. Here's NPR's Yulian Haida. If you wade deeply enough into any city's culture, you'll be sure to find hubs of counterculture. You know the types, call them punks, hippies, beatniks, whatever. They espouse a deep distrust of institutions and tend to be against whatever the mainstream is for. This pub in central Dnipro was built for people like that. But instead of being any old punk bar, this one is dedicated to a local countercultural hero. Nestor Ivanovich Machno? Nestor Machno, a Ukrainian revolutionary leader who, a century ago, claimed thousands of square miles of southeastern Ukraine to create an anarchist utopia. The free territory, as it was called, was based here in Dnipro in the wake of a collapsing Russian empire and the rise of the Soviet Union. As an anarchist, he opposed all state power. I asked the 20-year-old pub manager Yaroslav Kirillov to tell me a little bit about this venue's namesake. He believed in the equality of all people and that all needs can be met through mutual aid. Not every patron of Mokhna pub is an anarchist, but Max Shvechko, who I find puffing on an unfiltered cigarette on the patio, is. Anarchists don't just accept anybody as their leader, but during times like this, we do what we have to do. Times like this. Wartime. You might actually think that anarchists are always against the state, but in Ukraine, once an epicenter of anarchism... We rally together for victory. Sometimes that means signing up to the Ukrainian armed forces, swearing allegiance to a military commander, and still looking up to Nestor Makhna. I reach Salam, fighting in the outskirts of Bakhmut. That's not his real name, by the way. He adopted it as a call sign when fighting against the Russian-backed regime in his native Belarus. He says Russia poses a far more clear and present danger to the world than any other power. As a self-styled anti-fascist, he sees it as his duty to fight on the side of Ukraine. But for an anarchist who rejects statehood, he agrees it might look a little odd that he's defending the state of Ukraine. I may hate NATO with my whole heart, but if it weren't for their weapons, we'd all simply be dead. He tells me there are quite a few anarchists in his unit, and that they all get along with people with other views. It helps, he says, to have a common enemy in Russia. I ask, why don't many of his American comrades of the anarchist Antifa variety look at geopolitics in the same way? They live in countries where there is relative peace. Sure, there are plenty of social problems, that's undeniable. But they've never had to worry about a violent neighbor, hundreds of times more powerful, rolling tanks in to disrupt any attempts at liberty. 
you need to retain your critical point towards any kind of imperialism and expansionism. Denis Pilash is an activist and magazine editor in Kyiv who sees himself as somewhat of a Ukrainian ambassador to the global left. He has spent a lot of time appealing to anti-authoritarians around the world to help Ukraine, especially holdouts in the global south. We aren't the only people who are suffering from war, and yes, we need to remember about what's happening in Tigray, in Ethiopia, or in Yemen, or in Myanmar. Pilash says that like Nestor Makhna argued a century earlier, the only way to a sustainable peace is to enlist the support of others who have also resisted the world's big powers, whatever those powers' political stripes may be. The lesson for him, like other anarchists in Ukraine, is that the reality of war means political compromise. Yulian Haida, NPR News, Dnipro. Thanks for listening to The State of Ukraine from NPR News. Please come back for more on the war and its impacts around the world. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts.